bienvenidos a la Daily Hustle. Soy Enrique Byrnes y él es John C. Gall, el presidente de USA Baseball. So, will the thrill not with us today? Miguelito San Dieguito, not with us today, but Gall. Every morning when we come on here, we take the hunter pants, that's what the kids like to call hunter pants, mm-hmm. fingers, and we salute them. You ready? Okay. Give me some fingers, bro. Just like this, ready? Go. Yes, 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 yes. Woo! Then we say, remember this, folks. When we're juiceful, we are useful. And when we're juiceless, we're useless. Fucking useless. Oh, Jesus. Fucking useless, yes. Um, a very pleasant good morning to you. A big day planned here on No Filter Network. Basically, what we're going to do is not only riff through this daily hustle, and then you and I are going to come back on here 11.30 p.m. Pacific time, a.m. Pacific time. And we're going to do a live reading of the Let Them Play, a parenting and coaching guide to you sports. Yeah, I'm excited about this. Yeah, I mean, I, I read the absolute rudimentary copy that Tara shared with me. Um, you know, you guys are still working on your punctuation, but the rest, I mean, the, the, the content's great. The content's great. We got commas, periods, and, you know, there's a lot of things going on in there, but it's a, it's a great book. I can't wait to read it. I mean, I'm always working on my punctuation, so that it obviously never ends. But, yeah, it's, it's interesting because we went over it last night and really kind of – laid out the different parts we want to create something that i don't know if i call revolutionary or whatever but a normal audiobook is read without video obviously and it's done in a studio yeah yeah well one of the benefits of no filter network is we're a content creation destination so we will do this live and basically then after each chapter I'm going to bring you on and I'm going to talk about some of the experiences that we had. And I mean, the first one being obviously the, the story of the creation of let them play and that first tournament, which we were going over last night. Just so many fucking things happen, man. There's just, the, when you let these kids play, I mean, you let them play, but when you, when you take the shackles off and you just, you know, let them go out there and learn on their own, um, it, it's not always smooth. But it's a lot of fun, and these kids get instincts. And I mean, we were talking about it last night. What this book is meant to be discussed. Yeah. Like this should be discussed. Coaches should read it together, and then talk about it, and you know, and then implement. I mean, pretty much everything. I don't see a lot in there that that's that's really that controversial. You know, maybe you get into some of the pitch call stuff in certain games, and you know, teaching teaching that. But uh, um, yeah, anyway, I can't wait to read it. So, for those. Daily Hustlers that don't know who this guy is, John Gall. He is the current president of USA Baseball. He's my cousin. This goes back to, you know, us growing up uh, down on the peninsula, in the Bay Area, uh, coming up through the ranks, played Little League together, played high school baseball together at St. Francis. I went to UCLA. Gall went to Stanford. Walked out of there. The all-time hits leader. In the Pac-12. Unbreakable record, baby. Pac-12's going away. I mean, holy shit, man. <laughs> wow, I didn't even think about that. Yeah, it's over. It's over. Over. All the Pac-12 stuff, it's gone. Do you think they'll come back? 
Yeah, I do. I do, too. I do. I do. I think what's going to happen is that there's going to be this giant consolidation thing, and it might be called the Pac-12, which is a division yes. of some massive, you know, group. And and the, the name and the brand too good. It's just too good, and it's just sad. It's so sad to like watch it go away. I was talking to uh, Willie Bloomquist about that, who is you know the head coach at Arizona State. Um, does some USA baseball stuff too, but you know, he's been a lifer. He grew up in Seattle as a UW fan and then went to Arizona State. We were just talking about how it just feels like there's like a it's a gut punch. Yeah. It's a gut punch to get rid of it. But same thing. I ran into Savage. That's John Savage, head coach of UCLA, and I saw Dave Esker as well, head coach at Stanford. And well, I brought up two things to him. Number one, like the whole ACC thing. For Stanford. I mean, that's a whole other element, right? Like, if the Big Ten is one thing. The ACC is completely on the other end of the country. So they talked about going there and playing a, a weekend series, right? Let's just say you're at North Carolina. And then staying there during the week, mm-hmm. playing two non-conference games, do some study hall sessions, whatever, and then going ahead and playing Duke the next weekend the, the world's different now Every, i mean they did uh school on zoom we all did all of our kids did for yeah. a while. like so it's really not as big of a deal as you think i mean they can be productive on the plane like back when we were there you know running around on planes there was no cell service internet anything so they'll be fine i mean it just doesn't seem it doesn't seem natural to me um but there'll be more interesting home games as many times as i've been to a washington state uh home game where there's you know 7,000 people in the stands for the for a Stanford football game. Um, look, I'm looking forward to see uh, Clemson come out. That is true. I mean, the question, though, how well is Clemson going to travel to Palo Alto? Clemson will travel well. well I'm, but, sure, I'm sure they will. They care but about like, the football. But, you know, is, is Virginia Tech or uh, North Carolina State? Yeah. Vautech good. Vautech good. But, like, I mean, there's going to be some empty stadiums. Is Syracuse going to come out? All right. Hey, before we run out of time here, I think it's like the five-minute limit. Uh, let's get our bet online read in. Now, call. this is the bet online script, obviously right here in front of us, uh, <clears throat> or lack thereof, because I can think I think I could do it better. As the NBA is in full swing right now, you know, NBA action is fantastic. fantastic. Yeah. Fuck, that I was know. such a good uh, – every, every night we saw that commercial. Um. Bet online, the number one online gambling destination. Go there for the latest news, odds, scores, predictions, all of it. Degenerates come together. Bet online is where you want to lay your action. Use the promo code Believe for fifty percent off your first deposit. Bet online where the game starts in. Don't forget about our proud sponsors at KT Tape. You see the QR code. Is that pretty cool? How yeah. they do that? Yeah, no, that is cool. I was just asking what it, what it, what it does, how it works. Yeah, so basically all you would have to do is you're watching on your computer or if you have this up on the picture. Now, this will go to Caffeine TV, to Fubo, all those other places. You would take the phone. You point it at the QR code. So nice and tiny right there. But here it is. Boom. You dab it. Website comes up. and there it is, 20, at least, I don't know. You get some kind of discount. Just hit the fucking QR code. KT Tape, it lifts the skin, promotes blood flow to the area, reduces inflammation. You were just asking me about it before. Well, yeah, because I've seen it around town everywhere. Everywhere, yeah. People love it. I know. I gave some out uh, yesterday to my, my guy Gideon. He said he's having some 
shoulder issues. That's my favorite thing. And, and honestly, one right. of my, like, KT Tape being a proud sponsor, obviously we got, look at this roll of tape right here, man. That's a lot of KT Tape, right? Yeah. You have any uh, any issues? That's a lot of issues, yeah. What's uh, what's bothering you? Like my elbow here, you know, this is a golfer's elbow. Like that, like, Seriously? Yeah, 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 got that going on here. Your pickleball game looked good yesterday. Thank you. Yeah, Dude, you've been teaching me how to do a little topspin serve. It's a huge change for me. Game changer, huh? Yeah, yeah, that, that makes a big difference. We gotta start playing together. Yeah. Uh, and then lastly, here, this is verge. This is cannabis. This is lemon. This is honey. If you're looking for that sustained high, the kind of through the course of the day. Yeah. Salute. This is your first ever verge, right? Yeah. Can't wait. Mm. Soothing on the throat. How good is that on the throat? That really is good. I got to have these ready for our live Let Them Play book reading. Okay, the Daily Hustle electronic email communication for today, the 26th of January, 2024. Buenos dias. Today is fuck it Friday, January 26, 2024. Today, we gift you one of my very favorite player codes of conduct revealed in the brand new Let Them Play a Parenting and Coaching Guide to Sports. To pick up the limited edition of this future best-selling masterpiece, go to ericburns.com. That's E-R-I-C-P-Y-R-N-E-S. Enjoy. Go hard. This is player code conduct number four. It's a mentality expe- expressed through actions. Don't tell me. Show me. I had a teammate in the big leagues that was an incredible baseball player, and he played the game pretty hard most of the time. Every now and again, when things were not going his way, he would slack on the field by jogging after a ball or not running out of pop-up. Whenever we were in any sort of social setting, he would often bring up the fact that, hey, Bernsey, I'm just like you. We play hard, don't we? I would politely nod my head and turn away until finally one day I snapped. Look, dude, I love you, and you do play hard most of the time, but quit telling people you play hard all the time and start fucking showing them. Hustle does not take plays off. Team go hard is not something you choose on any given day. It is a mentality and a lifestyle that is eternal and uncompromising. On that note, let's charge the weekend. So, you know that guy I'm talking about, right? And I'm not going to – we don't even need to get into who it is. I'll tell you as soon as we get off the air. <laughs> but I, I'm sure you've met those guys and played with those guys along the way. Now, John here played, what, 10 years in the minor leagues, cups of coffee with St. Louis and the Marlins. But they're the ones that, you know, they have this tough guy persona. They're usually the ones that like to look really good, all drippy on the field. And then when – they hit a ball into the gap and they're going for a triple. Yeah, they're hustling, right? And it, and it looks good and everything. Yet, when they pop up and they're feeling sorry for themselves, they put their head down like, and they're too cool for fucking school. Yet, because they run a triple out hard, they think they play hard. And then uh, it's just, I, I, I don't, the, the, those guys, they frustrate me because I know they have it in them. I know they have good intentions, but at the end of the day, they're not. It was, you know, a, it's, it's bullshit. It was Mark Marquis. We were talking about this last night. We might even talk talk this story later today. We would practice. It's you, it's being accountable, right, for hustle. And we would practice running to our positions. 
in college at Stanford. You'd be running into your position, run back. That was part of our conditioning. But if you didn't run a ball out, and I didn't care if it was in our infield practice when you were hitting ground balls or live defense, like you, you were running poles. Yeah. Right? I mean, it was like, you, we're going to do this every time. It didn't even matter if it was in a game, it was in practice. And it's a mentality that has to start young. You're not going to, in, in pro ball, if it's not in you yet, it's going to be tough to beat that India. Like it has to start, you know, I mean, high school, middle school, college. And there was guys on our team in college that didn't love it. And, and you know, I mean, but they, they, they came along because it was, it was a team game. That's really the last true team where you, everybody's playing with each other. Because we, we all know that there's different, I don't know, wait, your characteristics of these guys that come from all walks of life and not everybody is quote-unquote a go-hard. And, you know, I see it with the LTP teams. And everything. And I've kind of come to accept, like, that's okay. Like, there's going to be guys that I, – <sighs> I don't know. They almost sleepwalk up to the plate, this and that, big moment, slow heartbeat. So what part of, you know, them not being that dude also makes them good too. And I, I think it's a delicate balance between the two. Yeah, but I think it can be taught. It's got to be. I, I mean, I, I, it's not like you say, it's innate. And there was a, the version of you is, it was innate. It's in there. And for others, it's like you're on the edge and you need to be taught. You need to be told. Um, and then they'll hustle every time, and it'll make their game better. Simple. When I watched that 87-88 team, so this is what I'm 10 years old, 11 years old, and I saw those guys at Stanford standing outside of the dugout, and then every single inning running hard on and off the field. I, and then I'm looking at the other side, and it doesn't matter who was over there. All I could think is like, Holy shit, man. Like, that's that's a lot coming at you. I think that alone just tells the other team, like, we're fit for battle. Are you? Right? It's the energy. It's a, it's a collective energy. Do you see it when you see, like, the Ravens defense right now or the Niners defense out there? Yeah. There's a collective energy. And this we're talking about the NFL where it's just absolute pressure, wild, yeah. wild pressure that you'll see the difference between their defense and when you watch the Arizona Cardinals. But like, it, like, it's or, pressure, or you know what I mean? Like constant yes. pressure on constant. Brock Purdy. Like we talked about this last night. Yeah, and it's eleven dudes. It's eleven dudes, or what it is. It's co- it's a collective energy, and that's like the collective, whether or not it's the bench at Stanford in '87, or the Niners defense this week just freaking beating down the Lions. That's that's the way it is. So playing playing at Stanford, you played for Mark Wiss. Obviously, you know from an outsider's perspective, it seemed like. They were very hands-on, right? Like, we all got to hit the same way, shoot the ball the other way. There's a lot of fucking bunts and all this other stuff. Yet, wait, hold on a second. You look like the same dude I played with my entire life. And then, again, you walked away with more hits than anybody in the history of the Pac-12. Did Stanford, when you got there, or you know, what was the process of, of, of maturing as a hitter uh, in your time at Stanford? I mean, we had we had good coaches. I mean, it, it was really about practice there. It was about you know every day showing up, getting the most out of practice, and between you know Marquis and Dean Stotts, I mean they knew baseball well, you know. But I was always somebody to me that 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 I was always teaching myself. You know what I mean? Reading books, watching other guys, and I and 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 that was still encouraged, like very encouraged there. 
In fact, you know, I mean, using other other players as example, Jody Garrett, who had a really great smooth yeah. swing, he was an outfielder. He's legit. He had he had some he had real some good years in big leagues. Good too. years in the big leagues and was a top pick. You know, and and he was doing things right, and we would study Jody's swing because it was because we were with him every day. Yeah. You know, because you think of teammates that you've taken stuff from during a season. Um, that's what good hitters do is that they they take the best of who they're around and they'll channel that and learn from that. And, and and that was encouraged a lot at Stanford. And we were, and because of the grind and because of the hustle and all that, I mean, we were probably would, would have been voted the most annoying team to play in the pack, right? Everybody was annoyed by us. It was, we were just, you're just like, you know, with too chipper and too much energy in your yeah. face and we grind you down. Yeah. And, um, you know, that was, that was also a mentality in the batter's box that I took. Was Esker gone by the time you were there? So he wasn't Esker, recruited, guy? Esker recruited me. Like, I mean, I'd gone to all his camps, knew him really, really well, and was super, super helpful for, for me. And I wasn't a big recruit. Asked him when we got there, said, hey, I want to I play. How do I play freshman year? And he said, well, you know, Nine likes a guy that, that works hard and puts in the extra effort. Why don't you go ask him to uh, mow the lawn before the school starts? And so I uh, uh, went and asked him if I could get a job to mow the lawn. It's a sunfield, sunken diamond. There's a big lawn down the third baseline. I took this this mower. I'd never mowed a lawn like uh, um, this. And, and it's, it's a really steep side hill. And we're going sideways on the whole thing. And I mowed that thing and made four ninety five an hour. <laughs> Come on. That. Yeah. That's, what, that's yeah. like my Molina's deli wage. Yeah. 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 It was, the, it was minimum wage, basically, um, uh, that fall before Stanford started. So this was a, the lawn you were mowing was in the stands in the sunk yes yeah, 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 yeah right next to all the all the bleachers but uh you know so when it came to development as a hitter though you did obviously were not hindered by anything that went on there and the way they taught no that I, I think there was a that was there was a false pretense or a reputation of like people that went there at that time for some reason um felt like they didn't necessarily develop as a hitter, but you look back, I saw guys do do great there and develop yeah. and develop as a hitter. Joe Borchard was another guy I was around who still has the longest home run in Comiskey or cellular one or whatever they call that in Chicago. I can't remember how long it is, but it's like 490 something. He was just inducted in the Stanford Hall of Fame. Yep, I saw that. Um, you know, also Rose Bowl quarterback, which which uh, um, I remember being in Omaha and he had just been to the Rose Bowl in the for the big giant press conference when they played Wisconsin. And there was a question about being nervous. He's like, you know, are you nervous with all the, pre- you know, the press here? And the, you know, the College World Series probably a tenth of what's at a Rose Bowl press conference, especially back in the day. Yeah. And he's like, he's like, no, I was at the Rose Bowl. Con- you know, I, I, I've seen this. This is this is nothing. Um, but he was a cool guy, like 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 in the batter's box and and. Uh, you keep in contact with those guys, like Jody Garrett, Joe Borcher. Uh-huh. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Periodically, but yeah, we're we're all still in touch. Okay, so today's let's see here, daily hustle. Basically, what I do, goal. So, a little layout. I have the daily hustle yeah. email that I send out, read, share, discuss, talk about whatever, and then we get into some of the top stories. Now, they're not necessarily the top stories that you're going to find on Apple News. They're the ones that interest me the most. One of them here, and let's start with this because I know this. I, I think is going to, you know. Tickle your fancy a little bit, but NFL rumors scouts think that Michael Penix Jr. could shockingly go undrafted. What the fuck? No way. He's been hurt a lot. 
And these NFL guys clearly um, know what they're doing with all their success rate in drafting quarterbacks. See Brock Purdy, see Tom Brady, see Tony Romo. I mean, this guy can play football. Like, I mean, I don't, I, I mean, I'm confused by this. I, I can understand maybe why he's not going to be a, a top first rounder because of the injury history. I get that. Right. I mean, but I mean, we saw him and by the way, clutch, like there's, a, yeah. there's a clutch gene that, that I've watched quarterback after quarterback not have. Yeah. And he clearly has it. Um, He could be a good pickup. I mean, it'll be interesting to see what happens with him, but I, this this uh, draft of quarterbacks we think is great, but you just never know. I mean, you just never know until they get to the NFL. I had no idea that C.J. Stroud was going to look like he does, right? Processing information is just incredible touch and incredible everything. Um, well, that's his comp is C.J. Stroud. Yet C.J. Stroud goes number two overall, had more than proved his worth for that selection. Was I got to imagine he was the rookie of the year in in, be, in the NFL. And, you know, here's Michael Pence Jr. Like, I, I just sort of think it's a, a no-brainer. Now, is he the number one quarterback? No. Nah, I, I, you know, I, I, well, I take that back. I don't know, right? You have Caleb Williams from USC. You got the kid from Michigan. I, but I, undra- undrafted seems ridiculous to me. I mean, you look at, like, Russell Wilson was a winner in college, and he went, I want to say, third round or something like that, second, third round. Like, I mean, you can drop down to that area, you know, as, as players go, but undrafted, um, that is a shocking one. But, you know, what website is this? Something like New York Post, what, page six thing? Or what, what do you got over here? So, yeah, I mean, the, the fan side, it is, I actually like using this website a lot just because they always seem to write the articles that spark all sorts of fucking controversy. Yeah. And this is the one that, I'm on the treadmill this morning. You're on the exercise bike and you bring it up and you're like, dude, why is Brock Purdy so disrespected? I mean, here's, I think when it comes to a San Francisco 49ers quarterback, the closest thing to Joe Montana that we've seen. And it's not even close. Now I say that in the sense that the way he goes about, attacking defenses, the precision, nothing flashy about him. But at the end of the game, the Niners win, and he's got a damn near perfect passer rating. Your thoughts on Brock? I think that he's that he is kind of flashy, to be honest with you. I think the way he rolls out of the pocket and friggin' drops dimes in the, you know, middle of three, you know, uh, uh, like whatever, like a cover three out there where, like, he's got to just hit a little, little, little spot. Like, the dude is a player um, – I can't remember. He beat somebody in the Fiesta Bowl top pick. Was it was it the was it Baker or was it uh, one of those guys? Like he's been to big games before in when, college. when he was in when he was at Iowa State. Yeah. Like I don't know. I know I said to you, I'm like, why is he so polarizing? I don't understand. I mean, the guy is I mean, he looks good. Sure, he makes mistakes, but I've watched guys make mistakes. I watched Joe Montana uh, in that Super Bowl against the Bengals where he comes back and is now, you know, the legendary drive. He played terrible in that game. That first half he was awful. And, like, I mean, last week, Purdy does the same. In fact, that's what it reminded me of it. I remember that Super Bowl. Now, the, the drive last week wasn't, wasn't quite what Joe did. But um, I don't want to put it, put it like that. But, dude, he's great. But it, for him, the only way to shut up his critics is going to be to win. And it's going to be probably to win a Super Bowl. He's got to get it all the way there. And he's very capable. Man of faith, too, by the way, which you watch him. Yes. You watch him 
fall back on that in a in like a real like really nice way where I don't feel like he's throwing it at everybody's face, but you but you know that he's 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 strong and you gotta be when that criticism's coming at you. Um but I hope he's enjoying it. That's all I can say. I hope he's I hope he is enjoying this run. It's really cool. So this is from Mark Slayworth. He said, I asked Purdy that game manager, you hear that, what do you say? How do you respond? Slayworth told fan sided. And he said, anybody who calls me a game manager doesn't actually watch film. I've got some gunslinger in me. And he's not he's and he's not braggadocious. He's just stating facts. The numbers back up Purdy's claim. While he's not a stereotypical gunslinger, Purdy led the league in passing yards per attempt. That's a fucking gunslinger. Right? That's the stat that would be gunslinger. He'd be the number one gunslinger. <clears throat> if you were to ask who's leading that stat, you'd come out, you'd be like, oh, it's uh, you know, Josh Allen, or it's uh, you know, maybe it's maybe it's Mahomes or somebody that likes to really, you know, <clears throat> stretch the field. But uh he does stretch the field. He's got just enough arm. You know, I think I understand why the scouts missed him. He's small, he doesn't have a big arm, but he's got just enough of an arm, right? Yeah. And he's and, and his size, he's is just he's just big enough. And also that elusiveness. And the way that he makes a decision, he's just quicker. You take him versus take Justin Fields, right? Who's a top, top pick. Justin Fields, I saw the stat, is he has the longest hold ball time, right? So, like, when he gets from snap to throw, it's the longest. And he has not been successful. He also has the lowest, from his draft class, the lowest uh, completion percentage, right? And it's because he's holding out. Purdy is quick. And, like, in getting to the NFL, that's the one thing I feel like they, they have a difficult time scouting. And that's why guys like Purdy will keep happening. So... It says here, and it's interesting because this is a story we're going to talk about later, but you went to a quarterback camp uh, with, yeah. Tom, with Tom Brady. Yeah. And at College of San Mateo, Tom Martinez, the legendary uh, quarterback coach, then used Brady as an example in, in, front of, in front of all of you guys, right? And it was... Almost, I, I don't know what you're called, but he was talking about the dropbacks. Now, it's a little different now because the guys are in the shotgun so much. Yeah, they do do shotgun. But, like, at the time, Tom Martinez had, had taken Elway under his wing and really taught him footwork and lengthen, lengthening on his dropbacks and really just getting a great first step from the snap and, and being very consistent with it. And getting that depth would allow you a little bit more time and time to process in that every little half second, like I was just talking about, matters. And yeah, I was at camp with Tom, and and I considered I thought I was as good as Tom at the time. It's like, and I had a Bro, and wait, I, why I had not? A, and I had an arm. We were both at the top schools. Yeah, we no, we were fucking better than Sarah. Yeah, we were. St. Francis we, is we a better were, football we team better. than Sarah was. And I just remember feeling so offended that, that, that Tom Martinez kept using Tom Brady as his example and not me. I'm like, I, I, so I, I was working on my dropbacks with Tom. We were in the same group, and I just like I really wanted to get back as far as him. Now he was, you know, about four inches taller than me, which uh, you know which was a big difference as far as getting back. But anyway, uh, those, yeah, that was, that was really fun to, to, and, and Tom was very technical, very technical at that age. So there was, he was, he was into all the detail. What else did you notice about Tom Brady at that age? He says this drive. I mean, I don't think it's any, any like secret sauce. He had the drive and he was very, very like technical as far as like wanting to, wanting to learn how, how to properly throw a football every time. Like it wasn't just, it wasn't just a feel for it. It was like really understanding how you hold the ball and, and where it is every time. And, and uh, you know, he's uh, pretty cool to be associated with him at any, in anything, really. Yasiel Puig got a huge brawl in Venezuela. 
I don't know if you saw the tape yet. I haven't seen it. Uh, this is, and I, I don't give a shit about the brawl. I look, like, brawls happen in a baseball game and whatever. But what caught my eye about this brawl is that he's in Venezuela. Now, you're telling me you played in Mexico, you played in Korea. I played in Mexico, I played in Dominican Republic. And he's down there right now, dude. He's hitting 410 somewhere around there with 10 home runs, which is like just unthinkable I, I in winter ball, right? Because you don't play that many games. He's killing it. If you're a big league team, do you take a flyer on Yasiel Puig? 100%. Fuck yeah, right? 100%. No, no you, you bring him in. You bring him in. And by the way, he's a guy that puts butts in the seats. He's a dude. He's, but I mean, dude, come on. I, I know this. You've been to spring training. That's like these games are boring. You know, it's like, geez, I, number 98, number 97, which is probably me at the time. You're like, who's that guy? Nobody knows. And then, boom, Weig walks out. The whole place goes over to him. They'll watch him. It, it's a, um, I, somebody will give him a shot, you know, and uh, it'll well, be. We, we talk Giants here. You and I both grew up Giants fans. Obviously, our, I say, flagship show on this station, besides the Daily Hustle, is, is Deuces Wild. Snipes and stripes too, man. You guys have been fucking killing it. But I, bro, if you're the Giants, this is what you need. This is like I'm going to get more excited about the Giants signing Yasiel Puig than the Japanese guy that I've already forgotten his name. Or was a Korean guy? It was a Korean guy. Korean guy. He'll be good. He'll be good. I mean, you know, I mean, still, my, my yeah. If we had Puig, and you know, then we have we have you know Will Clark managing. I would love to see that combo. <laughs> we tried. No, I you know. and I tried. I know. I know. And I, I look. This is it's, all right. We're not like we're not fucking dumb, man. Like you, Stanford educated, uh, UCLA. Like we got through it, right? We both, I think, are big time believers in analytics and, and everything else. And there's a, I mean, you know, the let them play book. I mean. Basically, this was co-written by all of us who were involved in the organization. There's something about, say, you know, the Giants who were who had Kapler, right? Was this ultra new school manager? Looked at players, uh, whether he'd admit it or not, like kind of like robots or just pawns in this chess game that he's trying to play and everything else. Well, they went so far one way that. My first thought as soon as they shit-canned him was, you know what? Let's go the other. And the other would be Will the Thrill. I mean, could you imagine? Yeah, and it would galvanize the fans and all that kind of stuff. But but you do, yeah, you use your analytics. You, you I mean, I with LaRusa and the time I was with him, you watched him. He used it back in the day to try to put his players in the best position to succeed, yeah. right? But then at the, at the end of the day, he trusted his dudes. There were dudes. It's like, you know, he wasn't – if there's a left-hander on the bench that was hitting better against, uh, you know, somebody, uh, you know, and, and Albert's 0 for 9 against this guy, you bet your ass Poole's still getting up there and hitting. Yeah, like, exactly. like, like, like there, was no, there was no overthinking of this. It was just go. Um, but, uh, but Puig would be fun, man. And, like, and by the way, you might, end, you might end up just blowing up and you end up releasing him. Big deal. Like, like, yeah, yeah I, I mean, mean you cares? Can, even like, if you released him before spring training ended. Yeah, exactly. He's still spiced up spring training. Yeah, give him a look. That's all. That's all I would say. Give him a look and see if he fits. Uh, I, and I, I can't imagine it, it 
cost any money, like any real significant money. John Davis, Collierville, Tennessee. Good morning, dude. How are you? Book reading, uh, 1130. We're going to come back. We're going to try to hit the mountain between now and then, I'll call. Yep. We could be out there by 930. Get out there for an hour. Yeah, let's go. Mountains are calling. Uh, James Allen, as a man thinketh, I usually like to randomly open up. You know what? Here. Open up, find any paragraph, and read the paragraph. That's it. Doesn't matter. The thought factor and achievement. All that a man achieves and all that he fails to achieve is the direct result of his own thoughts. In a justly ordered universe where loss of equipose would mean total destruction, individual responsibility must be absolute. A man's weakness and strength, purity and impurity are his own and not another's man, not another man's. They are brought about by himself and not by another. And they can only be altered by himself, never by another. Accountability. All right. John C. Gall, President, USA Baseball. We will be back 11.30 a.m. Pacific time for the reading. Audiobook, Let Them Play. A parenting and coaching guide to your sports ball. Cool. That was fun. Thanks All for right. joining us. Yeah, Some thank you. Fashion handshake. Cool. Uh, everyone else, have a fantastic day. See ya!